Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Be a man. Be tough. Be sweet. No one likes a smarty pants. Don't be such a sissy. Handle it like a man. You should go on a diet. Play the field. Be sexy, but not too sexy. Show him who's boss. You're a princess. You make the money. Let him take care of you. Pick yourself up. Know your place. Keep your mouth shut. The world tells us who we're supposed to be, but it keeps changing its mind. Throughout time, throughout cultures, we can't decide what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman. The message, the plan, it keeps changing. But what if there was something else? What if there was something better? Something that existed since the beginning. Something untouched by time. Something true and perfect. Um, I'm going to try and do my best today to combine two series into one teaching today. So we have been talking from the standpoint of adults in here, so us in here in Old People Church, we have been talking about a, a beautiful design. The idea that God created man and he created woman and he created them different. Um, he created them equal, but with different roles, with different things that he designed them to be able to do. Right, And so we've been talking through a beautiful design. We started with manhood. We defined manhood. We designed, defined that biblically. What did that look like? We talked about something called headship. The reality that, that man is designed to have headship. And then Children's Church comes and joins us today. And they've been doing a series on the fruit of the Spirit. They're spending the whole summer on the fruit of the Spirit. So this week... They just happened because they've already done love, they've done love, joy, peace, patience. And so this week they're on kindness. So I'm going to talk a little bit about kindness. And in the midst of that, I'm going to talk a little bit about a beautiful design in the way that we speak truth to our culture. So let me pray real quick and ask God to be with us as we open his word today. Father, thank you for these kids that are with us today. I thank you for the extra noise. The next generation is not a hassle. The, extra gen the, the next generation is not a noise. The next generation is something we're training to become who they're supposed to be. So thank you for them being with us today. I pray in their little hearts, God, even as they're coloring on their page there, uh, that you would speak into their hearts today, that they would understand more about you. And God, us, the, us, us more seasoned folks, let's, uh, that, that you would speak into our hearts and our souls as well today on two levels. On the, on the idea of a beautiful design, but also how the fruits of the Spirit play out in our lives. And so thank you, God, for being with us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. I would make this statement. I think most people walk around today with protective armor. Would you agree? Here's what I mean. 
I'm not talking about a bulletproof vest. We got some police officers here with us this morning. You're going to see them in just a minute. We're excited to have them. I'm not talking about a bulletproof vest. I'm talking about emotional protective armor. In other words, we're a bit guarded. Anybody here ever guarded at work? Anybody here, students ever guarded at school? Like we walk around with protective armor. We walk around with this kind of, you know, what's this person going to say? What's this person going to think of me? And, and we struggle with the reality of suspicion, hard-heartedness. Come on, you see enough. I got to tell you, like I said, the police officers are here with us. You ride around with them long enough, you just see some junk. Come on. You live in a neighborhood long enough, you just see some junk. You, 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 you live in a town long enough, you just see some stuff. And there's something that happens inside of us that we get callous. Come on. And today we're going to talk about a concept that is the exact opposite of where most of us find ourselves most of the time. Because most of the time we find ourselves jockeying for position, even at church, like I want to be accepted, right? I want to like talk to the right person. Like we do this kind of a thing or, or we do the business model. We come in and shake the right hands and have this conversation and do the, and there's this protective armor of protecting ourselves or maybe even I'll go there, the manipulation of other people, right? To be who we want them to be or whatever. But today we're going to talk about kindness. And I couldn't help but think of the saying, everything I need to know for life I learned in kindergarten. Like that's, that's sort of what I feel like when I say the word kindness. Like kindness is like, I don't know, it's kind of kitty. It's kind of kindergarten. It's kind of, and yet, listen to me, the Bible tells us it is a fruit of the spirit of God living inside of each one of us. And so I want to talk through kindness because i don't know if you're like me i struggle with kindness is there anybody else that you would be honest enough to i struggle with kindness when somebody pulls out in front of me kindness is not the first thing that happens right when when somebody does something to you at work kindness is not the first emotion that just comes rolling right come on when your spouse pushes that button Kindness, right? No, right? The, the struggle, the, the, this, is, this is really... So I want to walk through this today because my goal is when we walk out today, could we be empowered just to be a little kinder this week? Could, could we see the Holy Spirit transform or do something inside of us that would help us because it's our job? I couldn't help as I was prepping for this just thinking about, and I've thought about it all week in every situation. The Holy Spirit is like, I feel like I've been in a hockey game like all week. Like the Holy Spirit has just been checking me against the boards. You know what I'm saying? Like every time I turn around and I think something, boom, that wasn't kind. Because I'm, you know, thinking about this today and thinking about you today and how do I do this? How do I, how do I help you? How do I help you walk out of here today and think about kindness in a different way? Ephesians 2 and 4 through 7, it says this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. Stop. Please stop blowing through when you read verses. 
we read verses to find the period. Can I ask you to start, slow down and read verses to find the meat instead of the period? Do you understand? We like to check the box. Here, catch that. Who is rich in mercy? We have a God who is rich in mercy. Aren't you grateful that he's merciful? Aren't you grateful that he didn't just squash you when you were a jerk this week? Aren't you grateful when you look at back in your past? You may not be who you want to be, but thank God I'm not that person anymore. Amen? Right? Who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. He made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in Christ, even when we didn't deserve it. Anybody know anybody around you that doesn't deserve your kindness? Don't elbow them. I'm just saying. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, even when we sinned, even when we were a jerk, he loved us anyway. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms of Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. There's more grace that's above what I'm more than what I see now. In future ages, he might show his incomparable grace. Like, there's more grace than what you know now. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So, here's what kindness looks like. And, and we're going we're gonna to talk through this just for a few minutes today. And we may even get out a little bit early today because I know it's tough with the kids a bit. So I shorten this a little bit to a children's church length. But here is what kindness looks like as a model by Jesus and should be reflected in our lives. Number one. Number one, if we're going to look at Jesus and say, how was Jesus kind? What did he do? What were the actual traits? What were the physical things? If Jesus was going to your office tomorrow morning on Monday morning, what would it look like? Number one, Jesus understands. Jesus understands. Let me encourage you, if you're not taking notes, if you don't normally take notes, take notes. Hebrews 4, 15. We have a chief priest who is able to, what? What's the word? sympathize we have a chief priest talking about jesus who is able to sympathize with our weakness aren't you grateful for that one aren't you grateful that we have a god who sympathizes with your weakness right he was tempted in every way that we are but he didn't sin so we can go confidently to the throne of god's kindness to receive mercy and find kindness did you catch that Kindness is something for you to be found. Do you hear that? It's not something that you have. It's something for you to find. We're going to come back to that. Which will help us at the right time. See, Jesus understands our weakness. He's not shocked or taken back when I struggle with something. Like I thought about it this week. Like when I lose my temper if I'm in my truck driving or if I lose my temper at the house with the kids and I feel bad and I got to go back and sit down and go, dad was a jerk, will you please forgive me? Um, when, when I do those things, God is not the God that's sitting up there going, oh, are you serious? And yet I think we think that. I think we really have this picture of a God who's sitting up there and going, I, one more, Right? Don't make me count to three. Right? They're like this is the picture that we have of, of, our, of our Father God. And, and, and so Jesus will be kind to you because he knows why you are struggling. Because he walked in our shoes. That's what this verse says. He came and he walked 
in one of these things, right? Anybody like me? I mean, in February, y'all, I turned 55-0, the big 5-0. This thing ain't working quite like it used to work. Anybody else? This thing's a little wider than it used to be. Are you following this body? You're tracking with me? Right? I want to go and like play soccer with him on Sunday afternoons. And my knee goes, oh no, you're not doing that. Right? And Jesus, listen, put, think that through. Jesus got into one of these. He, he got into one of these earth suits just like you. He felt feelings just like you felt, you feel feelings. He struggled. The Bible says he was tempted. Catch that. He was tempted in every way. Right? So he was tempted as a man. There's kids in here, so I'll leave that one there. He was tempted, right? He felt everything, and so he is kind because he knows. I get this picture of you praying, and instead of God being this God who's going, you're so stupid, why are you, every time, every time, like every day, we keep, and you keep coming back to me. God, forgive me again. I'm tired of forgiving. No, that's not who God is. Instead, what I think happens is you get on your knees and you go, God, I am so sorry. I am struggling with attitude. I'm struggling with my, this particular behavior. I'm struggling with this. And instead of a God who's like, oh, right? I picture Jesus because of this verse. Turn in his chair because it says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And so he, hear, he, he receives our prayer and he turns to the Father and he goes, hey, Dad, that was tough. I remember that feeling. I remember, I remember that temptation. That one, that one stunk. So, could you, would you work with them? Would you help them? That's mercy. That's who our God is. Over and over again, he gives you mercy. So he does that because he wants us to follow in his footsteps. What does that mean? That means... That on the days that someone else is a jerk, that on the days when somebody else is doing something that we feel like is jacked up, that we try to take time to understand. We teach it to our kids. It's so funny. Come on, y'all. Like, do what I say, not what I do sometimes. It's parenting, yes? Because I'll tell my kids, there'll be some other teenager that's kind of being a jerk to them or whatever. And I'll say to them, come on, you don't know what's going on at home. Maybe their parents are fighting. You know, maybe, maybe their parents just told them they're thinking about divorce. I mean, you never know what's going on. So I try to coach my teenagers, right, to be understanding. And then I get up behind somebody in the left lane. Right? And instead of, and I don't know how many times I've been in a situation where, and, and we'll laugh because we'll pull up behind somebody. And yesterday we did this. Jen and I went last night on date night and, and we were driving somewhere and there was this guy and he was going like 30, I think, in a 55 in the left lane. You're teaching on kindness tomorrow, Pastor Mike, right? But as soon as he got over, Jen looked and she's like, oh, this is a little, little tiny old man. And all I could think was, was he scared? Like, like he, he's scared. He doesn't want to lose his independence. Come on, think this through. He doesn't want to lose his independence. Some of you know what that's like, the struggle of someone getting older and starting to lose their independence and the struggle inside of them. 
And so he wants to hold on to his independence, but I can only imagine that he's driving in that car and maybe if he's driving at that speed, he's scared and cars are flying. I mean, this is what Jesus does for us. This is what he calls, this is what kindness is. Kindness is for us to slow down long enough in our life that we might try to understand where somebody else is. But I think we live a little bit more like goats. So there's some stories about goats in the Rocky Mountains. In the Rocky Mountains, the the goats there, they will not get anywhere near each other. As a matter of fact, they're so nasty toward each other that if one goat gets close enough to another, they'll kill each other. Here's why. Listen, the reason, the food source for them is so scarce that it's this survival thing. Let me ask you, have we gotten so much into survival mode that we're like goats, just trying to protect ourselves, just trying to protect what's ours, right? This is, this is hard-heartedness. This is protective armor to take care of myself as opposed to think about and understand. So number one, Jesus, he understands. And so we should make an effort to understand where other people are coming from. I, I, one last story and, and I'll move on. One time I came around the corner over at Walgreens up here, and um, there are two lanes there and a turning lane, right, going into Walgreens. So I came around the corner, and this car is sitting in the left lane with their blinker on, stopped. And I'm like, are you serious? There's a turn lane. So I'm sitting behind this person still, and I'm like, what? So finally he pulls slowly in. So I pulled up next to him to look because I want to understand. Not really. I'm just mad. And I look. It was my father. (laughs) True story. And he looked at me like, I'm going to, you know, kind of deal. And I went, hey, dad. And I drove on. But, you know, later on, dad told me, he was like, you know, I'm new here. I didn't know what I was doing. And, And how bad is that? Like in me and in us that we're so hard hearted that we've let the world make us so callous that we just want everybody to get out of our way. That we just want everybody to move because guess what? It's all about me and all of you just play a supporting role. And so let me challenge you. This week, let's try to be like Jesus and number one, maybe try to understand, right? Try to put ourselves in, in somebody else's shoes. Number two. Number two is Jesus is honest with us. Jesus is honest with us. In other words, he tells the truth, John 8 and 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But see, see, Jesus loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. Right? He loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much for you to remain. He, he, Jesus levels with us. Jesus has set us free from bondage and from sin by being truthful to us. Do you know why we have the word? Do you know why we have the Bible? It says we have the scripture, not so we have a list of rules. We have the scripture so that we understand what sin is. In other words, because we're so deceived by this world, we're hard-hearted, we're we're blinded to what is true and not true, and we struggle. The Bible is there for us, so today we're talking about kindness. So we're able to take Jesus' version of kindness and weigh it to Mike's version of kindness and go, oh, this is where I'm off. This is what sin is in my life. And so Jesus, he's just, he's, he's truthful. The, the Bible is very honest. 
and straightforward. And, and, and so Ephesians 4 and 15, it says this. Instead, we, speak, we will speak the truth in love. The truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. So I want to balance out because... Some people would say, well, you know what? Jesus was understanding. We should just be understanding and loving. Well, whoa, 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 time. Because Jesus was also truthful, yes? Right? Jesus also spoke truth to us. So let me say it to you this way. Truth without love is brutality. Truth without love is brutality. In other words, if I just come to you and I'm not very loving and I go, look, you know, you smell funny and your mama dresses you funny. Like, what? What the? That's brutality. That's just, if I come to someone, if I come to someone and I say, you know what? I struggle with, let's say, and I'll jump in. Um, I struggle with homosexuality. Do I come blaring in with brutality and tell them how wrong, sinful this? No. Jesus gave us truth, but he gave us truth in Love, right? But truth without love is brutality. Somebody said it this way. It's like a kiss with bad breath. Come on. Good morning, honey. Oh, no. No, no. I'm good. Listerine, right? It's like a kiss with bad But listen to me. But love without truth is a lie. In other words, there's a counselor I know that a lady went to in town and that counselor told this lady, you deserve to be happy. You should divorce your husband. He's a jerk. Listen to me. That's love without truth. That's a lie. That's not the way that God designed it to be. And so we've got to find ourselves because kindness is not blindness. Are you hearing me? Kindness is not blindness. We don't sweep things under the rug. We don't ignore. We have to be willing to confront, but we have to do it in a loving, kind way. Sometimes I read the Bible and I feel like God's all up in my face. Anybody else? Anybody ever read something and it's just like, oh my gosh, like God's all, right? Because there's something called conviction that is a healthy thing. We're in the process of us being conformed to the likeness of Christ. And our job is, the scripture says, iron sharpens iron. We're to sharpen each other. So we're to speak truth to each other, but we've got to do it with kindness. We've got to do it in the most loving possible way. So with others, we've got to be honest. There's good and there's bad. Let me ask you this. Do you care enough to confront is the first question. Do you care enough to love is the second question. I have this conversation all the time with, with some of my girls in helping them learn to do healthy confrontation. Like you need to deal with an issue. You need to deal with a struggle with someone. On the other hand, what was the first one? Jesus understands. We've got to be understanding and loving in that process. I, that's, this is why I need a helpmate. My wife is so amazing because I am, I, I'm a hothead as I wipe the sweat off my head. That was, that was beautiful. I, I'm a, I can be such a hothead. <laughs> right? I, I can just get mad about something or fired up about something that's going on. And she always, especially like if we're somewhere and we're sitting at the table and I'm starting to get fired up, she just reaches under the table and puts her hand on my leg. 
And I've learned in 23 years of marriage, that means calm down, Mike Nathaniel, you're losing, you're getting a little nutty. But what she always seems to do for me is to help me to go, yeah, but what about this? She's, she's the understanding part, right? She's that part that helps me to go, you know, maybe there's a little bit of difference. So with on, others, we have to be honest. Listen, God created us with a certain design. So here's where, let me pull back in a beautiful design for us adults, okay? Because we've been talking about manhood and womanhood. So we have to address a culture today, come on, that has some 60-something different ways you can self-identify, right? How do we do that? Like, how are we kind like Jesus and yet address it with truth? And what we have to do is we have to go, here's what I believe Here's what I understand. So let me give you just a little bit of a picture of kind of the belief in what the Bible says and what we have to understand. So show me that graphic, Lizzie, of of God. So this is kind of the image of God, right? Triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And the Father is the head. Some of you remember the term headship that we talked about in manhood. Father is the head of the relationship of the three. The Son is subservient to the Father, And the scripture tells us, and all the scriptures are there. I can send this to you if you want it. Just let me know. All the scriptures are there to back up all of this. But the Holy Spirit comes from the Father and the Son. And so the Holy Spirit is submissive to the Father and the Son. This is the relationship of our God. And so what I want you to understand is God's image is implanted on everything that we do. So how do we define family? We define family by the image of God. Let me show you a family. Here's a family. The husband is the head of the is headship, as we've talked about. If you don't understand that term, go back and watch for the last few weeks. I can only have time to go through it now. But the wife, as Scripture says, is submissive to the husband. But does the husband always lead? No. We said no. There are times when it's appropriate for the wife to lead, right? Uh, I said to you, if we're having a PMS breakdown in our house, it's a great time for Jennifer to lead. Yes, and not me. But children come from the husband and the father. Do you see God's image stamped on what is the design of the family? Now, here's our struggle. We as believers and as Christians, we have to go and confront a culture that believes very differently. We have to, we have to confront a culture and we are going to have to do that with kindness and understanding. And our understanding is they're deceived. Our understanding is, is that, that Satan has deceived them. And here's what, here's, here's why. So here's why, let me give you the why. Because for some of us, we've gotten so hard-hearted towards the world. We've gotten so hard-hearted towards other people that we don't want to go and confront those worldly people. We don't want to go confront secular people or whatever term or whatever it is. So we hide in our little holy bubbles, right? In our little Christian ghettos that we've created for ourselves. But, but I want you to hear and understand something, why it's so critical that we confront in love, that we actually step forward in truth. Because the consequences, hear me on this, the consequences of doing this differently are, are followed through on the next generation. And the next generation. And the reason we're seeing the struggles that we're seeing in our culture today is because we now have over half of the children in the United States are born in fatherless homes. So it's going to require a people who know how to use kindness and truth. 
It's going to require a group of people as believers that can confront, but can do it in a loving manner. Number three, let me jump on and get done. Number three, Jesus forgives. Jesus forgives. Romans 3, 23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of the, God's glorious standard. Yet God with undeserving what? Undeserving what? Undeserving kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. I think we have a problem in the way that we think about God, and I said it earlier, because we think God is just angry, we think God's upset with us. I really think we've got this picture in our minds, because some of us have been in those places where all heck breaks loose in our life, right? We're the guy that buys a new car, buys a new house, he's driving his car up uh, the mountain to go to his new house, and his car breaks down. He's like, this is a brand new stinking car. What the heck? So he starts walking up the hill to the new house he bought, and a truck comes around the corner and hits it and pushes it off the cliff. Right? And he's like, well, I'm gonna, at least I'm going to walk up to my house. And he walks up to his house. And when he gets to his house, right before that, there's a storm that's shown up. Lightning hits, and his house catches on fire and burns to the ground. And he goes, oh, God, why me? And clouds open up. God sticks his head out. And he says, well, because you ticked me off. I really think that's the way a lot of us or most of us think of God, right? That, 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 everything that happens is this punishment because he's mad, and that's not who God is. The things that happen in this world happen because of sin in this world, not because of who our Heavenly Father is. He loves you and he wants the best for you, and he forgives. Some of us were raised with unpleasant environments, and we transfer that to God. Before you were made, he knew all your sins. Catch this. Before you were made, he knew all of your sins, yet he chose to make you anyway. That's not an angry God. That's not a God who's surprised when you mess up. So when I get, mess, when I get all mad driving, you know, when I get mad with something that's going on, when I, when I, get, when I lose my temper or something, whatever, God's not up there going, oh my God. no. He knew my sin before he made me, and he made me anyway, because he that badly wanted to have a relationship with me. And that's so true with you. And so he forgives. Let me ask you, who in your life do you need to forgive? Boy, that got quiet. Who do you need to release? Who do you need to, to, to let go? Who, who, who is it that, that you need to, to, to have this scenario of, you know what, as God forgave me, I choose. I'm not saying you're going to feel it today because some of you got some real gripes with people. They were jerks. What they did was horrific. But kindness is about forgiveness. And listen to me, you have to receive forgiveness to give forgiveness. You cannot give what you don't have. And so maybe some of you today, the answer is, you really in your heart still see him as a killjoy God. You really see him as upset with you or bothered by your behavior, although he knew that behavior before he made you and made you anyway. But his mercy is deep. His mercy is an ocean, right? That is deep and is poured out to you. And he says, now turn around and give that same mercy, undeserved as it is undeserved kindness the scripture said that we would give number four 
How are we going to express kindness to others? Number four is Jesus accepts. Jesus accepts. Romans 15 and 7, Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. See, many people are trying to find acceptance through power, prestige, and pleasure. Right? Power, prestige, and pleasure. As a matter of fact, these days, the greatest way to get a real quick jolt, like it's almost like a drug dealer scenario. Like you go to a drug dealer because you need a high. Uh, well, these days we go to social media. Because if I get enough likes, I feel accepted. If I post the right picture or the right selfie, then I feel better about myself. We're chasing this acceptance thing. We're, we're chasing this. And the problem that, that we all need to hear is if you're trying to find people to fulfill that acceptance thing inside of you, you're going to frustrate yourself and them. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. There is no one, including a spouse, there is no one on this, plan, on this planet that can satisfy the acceptance thing inside of you. No one. That he completes me thing is a Jerry Maguire myth. Ladies, can I, can I, can I ask you, do your husband a favor? Stop trying to get him to fill that hole for you. That's what's hurting your marriage. That's what's hurting your relationship. It's because you're going to some person. You know who that person is? A sinful person. Right? Is a created being. Your acceptance is in who God says you are. And so when we are going after, and if there are any singles here, hear me out on this. Stop go chasing, stop chasing after your future spouse. That that's going to somehow complete you. It's not going to complete you. And so we've got to come to a place where we understand my acceptance is only fulfilled in the understanding of who God says that I am. And God is thinking about you every second of the day. He cannot get you off his mind. That's the kind of God that we serve. We are so important to him that we cost him his one and only son. Think about the love that it takes to know before you create someone, they're going to be a jerk. Like, think about the person that ticks you off the most. Like the person that just gets on your every last nerve. I don't know, maybe it's Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe it's the family meal. And there's just that one person. Maybe it's at work, right? I want you to imagine, listen to me, you knowing beforehand how much of a jerk that person was going to be to you. And you still choosing for them to be created or creating them and live and work with them. Because that's what God did for you and me. That's kindness. That we would turn around and forgive. And when I receive acceptance from God, then I can give acceptance to others. When you, he says, listen to me, when you see someone wearing a cross or you wear a cross, I want to help you think about it differently. Do you know what that is? That's a symbol of significance and acceptance. 
That's a heavenly father saying, because of this symbol, because of this cross where my son died for you, that is my ultimate stamp that you are significant and you are accepted by me just like you are. That's what the cross symbolizes. So let's sum this up and we're going to close out today. But I want you to do a little check on how you're doing in the area of kindness, right? There's a little check for all of us, a little check for all of us. So each one of these areas that we went through today, let me ask you, how understanding are you? You know, not that you agree with everyone, but that you maybe have some compassion because you know that no one on the planet wakes up and goes, I can't wait to do the wrong thing today. Nobody does that, right? Nobody gets up and goes, you know what? I'm just going to do everything wrong today. I'm going to blow my life. You know, I'm hoping that I do it so bad today my wife wants a divorce. Nobody does that. We're sinful. We're broken. We're all in the same place. So when do we become the people of God that says, you know what? I need to understand with the same mercy I've been given, I need to give that same mercy. How understanding are you? How honest are you with other people? These are all traits of kindness. How, how honest are you with other people? In other words, are you that person that is dead honest? You'll just get up in people's face and say, blah, 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 blah. That's not the kind of honesty we're looking for, right? Right? That's truth without love. Are we the other side? We, we love, so we don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. So I don't say anything. So I just push it down and I bottle it down. And then eventually what happens? You explode. How honest are you? How honest are you with those you are in relationship with and those you love? Because that's kindness. As long as we do it in a loving way. How forgiving are you? What is it that you're holding on to? See, forgiveness is a choice over and above how you feel. And you may have to make that a choice again and again every day. There's a couple people in my life, just be honest with you, I have to choose every day to forgive them again. You know those people that you argue with in the mirror in the bathroom? Those are the ones. Those are the ones that every day you have to go, stop arguing with, the, no, I choose above and beyond my feelings to forgive today. And then lastly, how accepting are we? And I love this article coming on the day that I'm asking us. How accepting are we? Right? Because we're not perfect. But one of the things that I can say about this body that I see is you love everybody and we do our best. But can we even do it better? Can we be accepting, not compromising, but accepting of those that are around us that we might reach them with the love of Christ? Galatians 6 and 10. That's why whenever we can, we should always be kind to everyone and especially to our Christian brothers. Kindness is love in action. Kindness is a result, catch this, of the freedom of your soul. Now, I've given you all this, and it would be easy right there to just kind of close and go, cool, those were good words, that stirs me a little bit. But where that would leave us is going away going, okay, I got to be more understanding, and I got to be more kind, and I got to, listen to me, that's what's so cool about our God. See, God doesn't give us the Bible, read this and say, now go fix yourself. That's not who our God is, right? He says, I'm going to give you the word 
I'm going to give you some truth so you can weigh truth against who you are. And then, no, I'm not going to tell you to go fix it. I'm going to empower you to fix it. I'm going to bring transformation into your life. How cool is that? How cool is it a God who doesn't just say, go fix it yourself? No. And that's what he says. But here's what you and I have to do. We have to surrender to him. We have to surrender our heart. We have to surrender our soul to a place where we go, okay, God, I see this. I want to be more kind. I want to be more loving. I want to be more gentle. But I know me. Come on. I know me. And I know that kindness is probably not on the top of the list of my attributes. So today, I'm surrendering to you, God. Would you, through your Holy Spirit, begin to bring transformation inside of my heart? Would you begin to bring transformation? And then the other thing that we do, catch this, is we open up his word. Because Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. Why? Because my thoughts are jacked up. Right? When I get angry in the car, it's because my thought is, Mike is the most important thing on the planet. Right? That's, that's, but when I read his word and I get transformed and I come and I come to church, that's why you're here that we can open his word and go, oh yeah, that's the right thought pattern. Not those other thought patterns I've been having. That's, and that's the mercy of God. That, that just, that blows my mind. Because any of you that have known me long enough, man, I, I'm, a, I'm, that, I, I'm a driven type of personality, get this done, make this right. Blah, blah, blah. And so I can so easily be like, here's what you need to do, get it done, let's go. And that's not who God is. That's what's so cool. Is he goes, hey guys, here's the struggle. First of all, let me say this, I get it, I did it too. I'm sitting here right next to my father. And I'm not going, look at that dummy. I'm going, man, I remember that. That was hard. I remember that, God. This is why we have mercy. I remember that. This is struggle, right? And then he says, now bring it to me. And if you'll surrender to me, I will begin to transform your heart through my Holy Spirit. What a cool God. That doesn't just put it on us, but says, come to me. And so... Can I encourage you today? I want to encourage you to be kinder. I, w- I want to encourage us all to work on this, this fruit of the Spirit inside of us. But it's called a fruit of the Spirit because it comes through His Holy Spirit. And His Holy Spirit can work in someone who is surrendered to Him. So I want to challenge us all. Can we all surrender to Him today? Some of you, it may be for the very first time. Some of you, it may be you've, you've been in church all your life, but today just in the area of this, just in the area of kindness, that we might surrender our hearts and say, would you do a work inside of me? Can we do that? Let's, let's pray and ask God to help us to do that today. Father, I, this is not my strong suit. This, this kindness. Is, <laughs> and I have a feeling there's quite a few of us here that, that struggle. And there's people in our lives that we're struggling to be kind to. Would you help us to be understanding? Would you help us to think about what their life is and maybe what they're going through at the time? Would you help us to be accepting? Would you help us to to forgive, let go today of those things we need to let go? God, we want to be a people that are known 
because we love like you love. And so would you fix my heart? Would you fix our heart today? We surrender our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. Bring transformation. Break down strongholds inside of our thinking and inside of our souls. And for those today that are here have never surrendered their heart to you today, would you give them the strength to make that decision today? And if that's you, I'm going to pray some words. You might pray a prayer, something just like this. Jesus, today I surrender my heart to you. I give you my all. Although I don't completely understand it all. Today I I give it to you and thank you that you love me where I am and that you, you want me to be more like you. And so I choose to follow you today and for the rest of my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I claim you as Lord of my life today. We pray that in Jesus' name and all God's people said,